0: 5, six, five four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff.
1: Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday SWAT radio. It's September 25th. And, uh, my name's Doug McCary, and I'm in here with a good friend, an old friend I've known for a long time, uh, probably one of the best trainers in the world, and, uh, and uh, people working together. And uh, I've known Chuck for, gosh, 25 years at least, maybe more, and uh, he's been... Uh, developing people for at least that long probably 30 40 years right
2: we're over 35 uh,
1: yeah now. so uh dr chuck coker welcome to swat radio
2: it's good to be here doug thanks
1: yeah uh, dr coker has a website I'll, I'll mention this several times throughout the program it's called life thrive l-i-f-e-t-h-r-i-v-e dot com and uh, chuck has had a wide and varied career um we share the marine corps bond together uh semper Fi, always absolutely always faithful chuck was a marine back when it was tough to be a marine wasn't you? it there's was back in that w- when when did you get out chuck
2: um i um graduated shall we say yeah. in 1975 after the vietnam era we had uh, we had just closed down the evac Okay. Um, out of Da Nang in 72 and 73, uh, early 73. So I was I was cut loose uh, as all pilots were just about at that time because we were driving one-seaters and all the airliners wanted, uh, you know, the big ones.
1: Well, so we share the Marine Corps. Uh, we, we also share a little bit of something that you trained me and my oldest son Russin, in karate. Yeah. You started a ministry called Yeshua Ministries, Uh, What degree black belt were you?
2: Um, Ninth degree. A
1: Ninth degree black belt. And you started this ministry uh, that would train people in karate as a ministry and a way to really use it to to glorify Christ. And uh, you did a great job. It's still going on, right? It is.
2: 17 schools in three states.
1: That's awesome. And uh, my oldest son and I had the privilege of taking that. I, what's the third belt is it a purple belt or no it's, it's yellow green and blue blue right. i only made blue belt i never <laughs> got past blue but uh that was that was really uh, good training i enjoyed that uh doing that and then you have been a corporate trainer I, I remember Lori did some work with you years ago when you were working with like sprint att and all these other companies training
2: them what did you train them to do well, uh, the initial course that a lot of managers like to to take is how do you recognize in the way an individual thinks in the first 30 seconds when you meet them? And so it was based on a course that uh, I taught at Westminster uh, in the UK for seven years where we studied people's behaviors and we identified the key characteristics. And so teaching you how to identify how a person thinks and reasons is a huge benefit to leaders and managers.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people in our culture, in fact, if you've been out in any kind of corporate world hired for any executive positions or even leadership, a lot of times they take you through the psychological profiles and everybody just does the psychological profiling But that doesn't really deal with motivations, does it?
2: No, it really doesn't. You can understand how a person is normally going to react, but you're not going to understand the reasons behind it. Those are all formed in the early years by the way we want to receive our rewards. And there's productive and counterproductive behaviors. And what people don't understand is that by taking that initial easy way out, They literally complicate the back end of their life. I have a saying that I teach my people, and that is that um, immediate gratification always leads to long-term counterproductive skills. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's as simple as taking Motrin. (laughs) You know, you take Motrin, it's good at eliminating the pain. But what it does is your body builds a tolerance and the pain actually increases over time and it becomes less effective. Most medicines are that way. Mm -hmm. But the the key is understanding that if we use productive behaviors like going to school every day, at some point we get that degree. Mm -hmm. And that degree opens doors for us. Where the easy thing today is, I don't feel good. And so you get to skate. And there's no quote unquote repercussions seen at that time. But what the long term result is, is no diploma.
1: Well, you know, it, it reminds me, and I know my mom and dad listen. They're in Mississippi listening on WMER, along with Miss Mary there. I know she listens too, but my sounds like when my dad used to tell me i used to always come to him dad let me do this they're going to give away this for free he goes son there's nothing free in life That's nothing sure. free everything has a cost they're trying to sell you something they're trying so and i i'd be interested your take on what's going on in our world right now that just philosophy you were just talking about or not necessarily philosophy but the concepts are we seeing that played out because a lot of the younger people have grown up in what i call a microwave generation a, a fast food generation where they get immediate gratification they get a whole meal in five minutes where you and i when we grew up and mom was cooking in the afternoon at four o'clock for a 5 30 meal mm-hmm. you know is that is that uh, is that, That's is that what exactly we're
2: right. There is a, a, a skill set, a mental skill set called avoidance. It's the ability to think from a level of normal or above normal sophistication to see what the consequences might be if you proceed through this. And you see our families have become helicopter parents where they hover over their children and they solve their problems for them and consequently they cannot reason. Uh, I've studied this particular habit in individuals for the past 35 years. The avoidance skill has dropped 23 percent in the past 30 years. In other words, we are slowly deprogramming Uh, our children with their ability to foresee the potential problems that they may be causing by not dealing with an issue right now.
1: Well, that's interesting. Do you remember (laughs) that old theologian Charles Bronson, (laughs) the actor? (laughs) He said, we've spent a lifetime trying to save our children from problems that made men out of us. That's right. And that's what you're talking about, isn't it? That's
2: exactly right. It's
1: that ability. I mean, but, you know, my wife told me today we were we were doing something together and I wasn't happy at my performance. Uh, I was I was doing You know, we I was trying to teach her something and then I was trying to do something and I was just frustrated. And she said, you know what? Failure only makes you better.
2: Well, think about this. Why was sanctification des- designed the way it was? is so that we could learn from our mistakes. That's forgiveness of sin. And the key, when you understand the word harmontio or sin, is that it means missing the bullseye, missing the mark. Missing the
1: mark, yeah. Yes,
2: and that's the bullseye. So you can hit the top of the target and do something good. If you're shooting that arrow from 100 yards, that's great. I hit the target. Wrong. It's not the perfect will of God for you as an individual. So when you miss that mark, it's sin.
1: Hmm. Well, I, 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 I've always been fascinated by that. I know Lori, when she worked with you, was fascinated by learning about these motivations, and that you know that's something can be very helpful for people as they try to witness to people, mm-hmm. as they try to engage with people, as ministers and priests. I think a lot of believers in our culture today, Chuck, have forgotten um, that uh, that our role is to be a priest. Mm-hmm. representing the most high god that's right to a pagan people so that these pagan people can see us and somehow connect to god for those that he's called and and understanding people understanding what motivates them it doesn't mean we can manipulate them but it means we can use wisdom in how we share with them so i i think that would be very helpful for
2: pastors and teachers and you've been teaching pastors this too right oh gosh yes um, um i've um i've been working the past five or six years with seminaries um two different denominations um three or four mega churches and uh, multiple parachurch organizations such as acts 29 which is a, a church plan that's a
1: church planning uh, organization right. a very good one yeah So, so as you work with them, so if people are listening out there and they would like for you to come to their church or maybe somebody on your team to come teach this, do y'all do local church or do you only work with big organizations?
2: Well, Doug, what I prefer to do is what Matthew 28, 19 says, and that's Methuselah, make <laughs> disciples. Yeah. I, I prefer to teach the materials to a pastor on staff so that they can push it down into their congregation. You see, uh, spiritual formations, which is used in multiple denominations and churches worldwide, uh, shows that Jeremiah 1, 5, I saw you before I came. Uh, before you were born, in the womb. There are genetical aspects. There are cultural aspects. Why did God place you in the family that he did? And when you accept Christ, he apportions spiritual gifts to you. Some of those gifts are natural outgrowths of your behaviors and mindsets or your cultural influence, but the others are supernatural. Mm -hmm. So the spiritual formations course tells a person exactly where they need to be serving in the body. They don't have to miss the mark. They can go right to the service, and it's a matter, and the tests are free. They're on my website. They can go take a spiritual gifts test that is the only spiritual gifts test on the internet that actually explains what the gifts are and the really behaviors and it
1: does that on your website at it does life it Thrive. on the website okay so that website again is com, and we're talking to dr chuck coker and uh, we're going to be back to talk more about just this human interaction and why it's important to know motivations and Uh, how you can learn and maybe get uh, Chuck or a member of his team to come train one of your pastors or leaders in your parachurch or even your business and he's happy to do that he's very well traveled and like I said he's worked with a lot of fortune 500 companies so we're going to come back and hear more of Chuck's personal story right after this break you're listening to SWAT radio
3: at www.astore.com. There
0: I was on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on My destiny The crowd was shouting crucify. Could have come From these lips of mine The dirty shame Was killing me It would take a miracle To wash me clean
1: SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and today in the studio I have my good friend uh, and uh, longtime friend, Doctor Chuck Coker. Used to go eat dinner over at his house with he and his wife Tracy, Laura, and I back when our kids were a lot younger. Now y'all's are all out. A lot younger, (laughs) yeah. Long time ago. Uh, Now I got gray hair, man. I got gray hair coming in, and it's been a long time. Well. You know, Chuck, I, I was looking at your website. It is really good. Um, a lot of information on there, testimonials on there. Um, one, you got you sharing about the 12 key metrics that transform workplace safety, which in this day and age is really important. A lot yes. of companies out there need that. Another one, how to use human data to optimize your teams. That's learning about people you know one of the things chuck that i was taught in the fbi is how to read people mm mm-hmm. it it probably had a lot of similar things to what you teach just different the way they 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 different emphasis for me because our lives depended on it as fbi agents you know you're out there talking right. to a guy who could set you up to be killed you're talking to drug dealers you're talking to criminals um and you're talking to senators and judges, and sometimes there's not a lot of difference between the two. Uh, but um, all that to say that that's a very important thing for people to know because I find that a lot of people are very naive or ignorant about uh, social awareness, especially in this current culture we live in, because of social media mm-hmm. and other things. Have, have any of your – Uh, presentations changed based on dealing with younger people because of the social media aspect and their ability to grasp some of these concepts going back to what we talked about in the first Oh gosh
2: yes Um, the um, the generation that's coming through now uh, really doesn't have the same context that you and I I had Um, and it's because as we said earlier with the helicopter parents and and uh, giving us pre-digested material. Let me mention one thing. You said something that in the FBI they taught you to recognize stuff. Did you know that was biblical, Doug? Oh, Really? Yes. In the pastoral epistles, Paul uses uh, several key words. They're all based on the word shofran. Okay. And the word that he uses most is shofranisio, and he, remember, he's talking to pastors, and he's telling them to speak to them in their natural behavioral tongue so they understand. In other words, shofranisio is another way of saying, I become all things to all people for the gospel. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have to slow down for an introvert, you have to speed up for an extrovert, and you have to understand their mental priorities. If someone came out of a military family, you don't talk to them about their kitty cats. You talk to them about what has to be done and how quickly it needs to be done. Uh-huh. So Paul was telling them, as pastors, listen to the person. This is part of the Methuselah that we talked about in order to disciple a person you have to engage them and engagement is the key to success not just in churches and nonprofits in every business that that is there do you know trust is the key my new course has been released on trust and it has literally sold out overnight why because Trust is something that is based on your natural behavioral characteristics. So what Paul was saying to uh, Timothy and Titus was, do the things that make you trustworthy in other people's eyes mm-hmm. so that they will accept the gospel for the truth that it is.
1: Well, and we're living in a time right now where people don't trust anybody or anything. Do That's they? correct. Correct. I mean, trust is really a fleeting thing in our culture. I, I mean I, I know for a long time people haven't trusted uh, politicians as a I mean they just don't. yeah, but even pastors, Pastors used to be a trustworthy uh, position, you know in our culture, but people don't trust pastors anymore.
2: That's for sure.
1: And leaders, uh, people abuse authority. And, and so I, that's really interesting that you bring it back to the Bible. And I I just think we have people that are so socially unaware of other people's Mm -hmm. motivations and, and our narcissistic culture, we don't care, right? That's it. And if you don't care about people, then how in the world are you going to communicate? So when we tend, don't we objectify people when we do that? Oh, when we're narcissistic towards them?
2: Well, if you're narcissistic, yes, but to objectify and understand the natural makeup of, per- of a person is caring deeply enough about them to know that you've invested the time, energy, and mental resources to see them as an individual, not a competitor. And you see, that is the key to engagement. You see, employee engagement is at 24% in America and 26% in Western Europe. In other words, 75% of the people, three out of four people, don't care about their job. They care about their paycheck, but they don't care about their job. That's why productivity is no longer going up. The only way we're going to increase productivity, performance, and profitability in organizations is if we engage our people.
1: Well you you train parachurch and churches, so I, and, and I know all this applies in business too, but let's just go to the church for a second. What, where would you say just in a general ballpark way, you see engagement in the church? As a whole in America.
2: Well, you see much more disengagement than you do engagement, especially in larger churches, because people can come there and hide. Um, Twenty percent of the people do all the work, 80 percent of the work in churches. And that's why my spiritual formations course is designed to help a person from the time they walk in the door answer three questions, because everybody's going to ask the same three questions. Number one, will you accept me for who I am? Number two, is there something going on here that's bigger than me? Mm-hmm. And third, if there is something going on, how does God want me to serve? Mm-hmm. And those things can be identified very quickly by understanding your genetics why God placed you where he did in the culture to modify those genetics. And then he's awarded you with some spiritual gifts that will give you supernatural ability to use those behaviors and mindsets for the kingdom.
1: And all that stuff is uh, available like, Is it it? You don't have it in a book form yet, do you? Where people could order the books
2: can be ordered right from my website. Okay, and um, right now, if you order our book on spiritual formations, you get a massive discount for the online course that's going on. Churches don't have time to teach spiritual formations in their mind because they're too busy trying to fill the nursery with workers. Mm -hmm. And when you put a square peg in a round hole, guess what? They burn out. And when they burn out, they quit going to church. Mm -hmm. So – finding your place in the body of christ is critical otherwise you are not going to engage in the ministry of the gospel well you
1: you have i'm on your website now on the uh books page and so i just scroll down to spiritual formations understanding your role is that the one that has the gifts in it as well? Yes. It, it, okay.
2: And it's got free assessments, Doug. They can take this for free. It doesn't cost anything to do this.
1: All right, yeah, I saw that online. If you go to the assessment, free assessment, and what now you have paid assessments. Now, what is that? What is the paid assessment?
2: That's if you want to get deep. It, l- l- let's say, for example, if you're CEO of a small company and you're trying to grow and develop. And you want a second or a third person there that is really going to fit the culture, really going to buy in. Those assessments give us a very deep look into the individual. And that's not to disqualify him, It's to help us understand how to use the talent, skills, and abilities that God gave them. Mm -hmm. We might as well maximize their potential. That's what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, what's your purpose? I'm telling you, you only have one purpose, and that's to glorify God. So my question there is, how do you glorify God? By becoming the person he created you to be. And the only way you're going to do that is have that first step of emotional intelligence, and that is self-awareness.
1: Well, and he, you know, he created us all individually unique. Correct. We all have our own snowflake fingerprint, uh, I call it, to where he's going to use us from our own unique experiences and abilities. Even though you were and I were both Marines, we're different. Oh, absolutely! You know? And even though we we both uh, like karate, or you know, and and or different, we just are different. Everybody's different, and we should not. As much as I admire you, uh, I shouldn't try to make my life like yours. And and we do that a lot, don't we?
2: Well, you know, the Bible's pretty plain in Matthew that we are not to compare ourselves to others. That's why glorifying God is becoming the person that God created you to be. And the further you get off that track, the more complicated your life is. Hmm. That's why Paul says, Shofranesios talk to them in their language so that they can find their place in the body
1: well it's fascinating uh you you have books on here for businesses uh mastering motivations um you know intentional growth and development personal there's just a lot of books and manuals on here when we come back i still want to get into some of your personal stuff and your journey to get here where you are uh, thank you so much for being with us today. If you're listening uh, on SWAT Radio up in Virginia and Mississippi or here in Jacksonville or up in Georgia, we're so glad you joined us. We're going to be right back after the news. That website, again, to get Dr. Coker's books and even to have a free assessment uh, on there. It's got a free assessment that you can go to uh, and fill out out, and he'll tell you how to move forward. Using his material, and it's all free. uh, It's www.lifethrive.com. Lifethrive.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Dr. Coker is my guest. We'll be right back after the news. Stay with us on SWAT Radio.
0: If you need freedom save it, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and day and night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. a better life, there's a better life, if you got pain, he's a pain taker, if you feel lost, he's a way maker, if you need freedom, hey,
1: welcome back to SWAT radio, it's Doug McCary, it's Friday, September. September the 25th i can't believe we're already at the end of september of 2020 i know many people are ready for 2020 to be over yes <laughs> yeah but we still got a few more months to push through we're with dr chuck coker uh, of life thrive and um, dr coker and i have a history that goes way back uh, we he taught me karate and uh, i took him to russia
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's right
1: uh, we went to the tundra of Russia, actually, the Arctic Circle. Uh, I think,
2: didn't we go to the Arctic
0: Circle?
2: So- Solokard,
0: Yeah, Solacard. Right in the middle Salicard.
2: of the city yeah. is the arch with the Arctic Circle. And And, you know, Doug, the more I think about that, what a blessing that was because after Doug and I finished teaching that seminary class, which was an amazement to me how God brought that about, Wycliffe came in and translated the Bible for those twenty-eight pastors, so that they would have a Bible for the Tundra Indians. And that, and, and
1: and the word for that region is called Yamal, Y A M A L, and Yamal translated means "ends of the earth." That oh was always gosh. fascinating to <laughs> me, you know. So, uh, well, Chuck, you know, you you were very well. Um, set up out in the corporate world when I first met you. When I first met you it was back in the 1990s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh you were a vice president for a what they Fortune 500? Was it, a, a, it, was it was, American
2: Stock Exchange yeah, company. But it was a
1: big company. I mean, so. everybody knew what you what your company was and you were doing very well. And then God said, "Nope, I'm going to move you." mm mm-hmm. Mhm and things changed very quickly for you and you had a big family well did you have a big family how many kids did you have i only had six at that point (laughs) only six (laughs) only six kids at that point but uh you had six kids and uh but it was a big shock because you were making a lot of money you were during that time is a very very secure job as far as the financial benefits go and then god said no i'm going to redirect you a little bit um and and I just want to give our listeners who might have just tuned in. I'm talking to Dr. Chuck Coker from Life Thrive. Uh, it's lifethrive.com. But he was a two time silver medalist in the Olympics in karate, a Marine. Um, he was very successful and he was a VP at this company. And then God says, I'm going to change it. And you were believer for quite a while here right i mean you had been a believer for a while seemed to be going good and then the rug kind of got pulled out from under you and what happened i mean
2: well the here was the thing we were hired to turn that company around it was losing 10 million dollars a year and so um they gave us five to seven years to do that well it was profitable in three years uh, mm-hmm. based on the changes that we made. I, I helped form the Balfour Motivational Research Institute where we started using assessments to measure employee motivation. That's how I got into this business. And so we turned it around so fast that the the American Stock Exchange Company that owned us says, this is too good to be true. We're going to sell it, and we're going to make millions And all you guys that helped us turn it around, we'll see you later. So they just dumped you. Doesn't that
1: happen a lot? I've heard of that happening a lot in the corporate world. People that come in, they're hired to come in and change, and they make changes if the company goes real profitable, and then they get ditched, right? I mean...
2: Yeah. Anyway, I went from over a quarter million a year, and this is back in the late 80s, um, to zero in 30 days. And so God just rearranged my life like you said and it was a matter then of me understanding what course was right to fulfill my purpose Mm -hmm. and it was at that point that he helped me understand in more depth even after my wife passed away um, that my life was service to other people helping them understand and grasp the beauty of their individual creation Hmm. because every individual has potential the problem is is they don't understand what that potential is it's it's that loss of avoidance that ability to solve problems that we talked about a little earlier in the show
1: well i remember back in the 90s when that happened with you because uh back then i just knew you as a guy who taught karate kind of as a ministry uh, and I knew you were you were uh, very well set in the corporate world. Um, and, and I knew you loved the Lord because of karate. You would share, you know, during those training times, you would talk to us about the Lord and stuff. And you're, it, it was pretty shaking to your faith at that point, wasn't it? I mean, it didn't rock you out of your faith. But can you take, for somebody out there who's struggling, who may be in a tough place right now, Y- you can speak from experience because y- you had to go through some pretty rough potholes too didn't you
2: well we did Doug we got to the point to where there was hundred ninety seven dollars left in our checking account wow and the only reason we had that was because friends shared groceries with us yeah. because I just could not replace that kind of so job. from
1: making quarter of a million a year to now people are sharing groceries with you and you got hundred ninety dollars in the In in your bank account.
2: And so I go to my wife and I say, do we believe the Bible or don't we? Mm. And she says, why do you ask? And I said, because we've got $197 and we're going to write a check and put it in Christian Family Chapel's plate today. Mm. We did. Monday morning, there was a check in my mailbox for $300 from people that had owed me that money over six months. Wow. And the day after there was another check, and then another check from the writing and other things that I had been doing while I was trying to find a job, and what I realized was that God didn't want me to have a job, he wanted me to start a company mm. and so from that point it the whole focus is how do I build an organization by building their people because when you invest in people it's you know it's it's kind of like Billy Graham says people come into the kingdom one at a time. People become engaged in a corporate culture one person at a time. And that's what we as leaders must understand is our responsibility, because without engagement, there's no performance, productivity, or profitability.
1: Wow, and so as God, uh, if, if I remember right, you went through a period of about six months. Uh, I think it was about that long of one. A year, year and a half. or oh, a year and a half, yes. okay. Um, it was a year and a half of of waiting, but I I remember specifically a six month span where um, you God was rest, you were wrestling with God over an issue. You kind of yielded, and six months later, God popped some stuff into your lap, yep. and and all through that process, Chuck, I, I just remember seeing a man who was humble, and uh, even at, at the karate stuff yeah I, I never sensed a great amount of pride for you uh I, I just sensed a guy who was humble and watching you go through that you were you were a testimony uh you did some things during that that were more humbling than you were and i remember that and i remember when we traveled over to russia just going over there with you kind of talking about life in general and I think a lot of people in the Christian life think that if they're really following Jesus, then then everything should just be okay.
2: Well, it is okay. <laughs> but the problem is, is we don't see it from an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, people get, pardon the expression, pissed off when they have a flat tire. Yeah. It has no eternal significance, Doug. And what we have to remember is keep the focus on what are you teaching me, Lord? And if we understand that God's teaching us and he's grooming us, Mm -hmm. not just for our role here, but for our eternal role. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we understand that we're not going to sit on clouds and play harps. We've got work to do there. The same way we do here, and the more humble we, more humbly we approach our work and realize that it's a gift from God. What does Solomon say? Solomon says the best we can hope for is to enjoy our work Mm. and and, in our lives that he has given us. So, taking joy in that is is critical. And one thing I learned during that time is. God never let me miss any meals. Mm-hmm. and um, But he,
1: he did require some pretty humbling things of you
2: in the process. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I wouldn't wish him on Doug McCary, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade him for the world.
1: Well, I just got a text from one of the SWAT guys who uh, said traveling to India is tougher than going to Russia. because <laughs> <he, laughs> Every time we've gone to India, we get sick because oh, oh, yes. you get the you get some kind of revenge i don't know what it is but uh anyway well well you know i I am so glad that um, god has brought our paths together and i want to let our listeners know again that uh, you can go to lifethrive.com you can contact uh, dr coker through that website Uh, you can get books uh, on that website about what we've been talking about uh, I think one of the best resources on there is the spiritual formation, understanding your role in the body of Christ, because I think a lot of people don't understand That's right. uh, what they should be doing. They 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 think that sharing the gospel with people is the pastor's job. They think being a priest is a pastor's job. We all have gifts. We all serve as priests in different ways. There's a lot of functions in the temple, you know, this temple. And and so when we come back, if you've got a question for Dr. Coker, you can email me at uh, ask at SWATradio.com. And when we come back, I'll be happy to answer that. Otherwise, he and I will just be talking. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio.
3: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
1: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with Doctor Chuck Coker of Life Thrive and uh, father of eight kids. Nine. Nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to short you one. You have one more than me. I've got eight. I thought I caught you, man. I didn't I didn't catch you. Oh wow. Well, um, and you got probably a lot more grandkids than I. How many grandkids
2: you got? I only have six. Seven is on the way. I've got six, too, so we're, <laughs> we're,
1: on, okay. we're at least I've caught you on the grandkids. <laughs> hey, you know what's fascinating, Chuck, that I just thought? I, I've been teaching through Hebrews. And by the way, the stuff we've been talking about in this week is the faith chapter. Mm-hmm. I never realized. I've been a believer for a long time, 40-plus years. I never made the connection. That Methuselah, Enoch's son, uh, was uh, uh, kind of like the head of the beitav or the you know the house of the father for Noah.
2: That's that right.
1: He would have been alive. He was. He didn't die till the year of the flood. That's right. So Methuselah, who would have been taught by Enoch, his father, who walked with God, who knew Adam, and Adam was alive for a lot of that time too was they connected all that to Shem who ended up sharing it with Abraham and Isaac who That's lived right. there. I don't even I don't think a lot of people think about that. I certainly have never thought about it, never had anybody make that connection for me. And and you see this chain of people throughout time that God has used to pass his truth down. And I just wonder what's happening 20, 30 years from now in the United States or in our world because so few people are really discipling and building into other people do you see that as a problem
2: oh my goodness yes well this is all part of satan's plan to isolate and we were designed to be interdependent not independent Mm -hmm. and so the satanic forces that are at work in the world today are actually at work to keep us separate and move away from church and move away from the gathering and it says in Hebrews, uh, forsake not the the assembling yeah it, forsake right.
1: not the assembly of the righteous ones, the ones coming together. I mean these are God's people and yet we've done that and there are a lot of churches Chuck haven't met since February.
2: That's right. Andy Stanley's church uh, he sees no point in it. I don't know if you saw the MacArthur uh, Stanley. Uh, Not so much debate, but difference of opinion. No,
1: well, I did read a little bit about that, but, you know, uh, my own, listen, Andy Stanley had a, I I used to listen to Andy Stanley when I was in the Marine Corps. I thought he was a a, a great teacher then, but I, I feel like personally, this is my own personal conviction that I feel like he became pragmatic somewhere along the way. And, um, one of the struggles I've had is he's made statements. I I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, I didn't mention the name, uh, when I was talking to another guest, but he said, expository teaching is lazy. Um, and he also said there's, you know, we need to disengage from the old Testament. I don't even know how you can make those kind of statements as a, as a pastor trying to shepherd people to to talk about expository teaching is nothing more than explaining the bible i mean
2: you're going and teaching it in context it's it's how it all began if you think about the first preacher shall we say who was it uh he came back from the um uh from the diaspora and his name was ezra yeah and ezra was the first stand-up uh, expository preacher and we see that in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah on, on the return from that diaspora
1: and he taught them the word of God that's right that's what it is but you know uh, I used an analogy one time you know they that that and I, I, it's not original me I think Spurgeon said it that I think it was Spurgeon that said we've turned that we've changed from the Bible being the bricks and stories to illustrate in our, from our life, the mortar, and we flipped it, and now the stories from our life are the bricks, and the Bible's just the mortar that holds it together. And it should be the opposite. The Bible should be the most funda- foundational part of our messages. We're explaining what God in his word said. In fact, Francis Chan said we should just read the word a lot of times in our worship. Just read it yeah. because that's God's word Un. Filtered. It's just coming straight from God's holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know. And so, anyway, I didn't want to. I didn't even know how I got off on that. I was just. I get frustrated sometimes because uh, I think as churches grow large, they become pragmatic about the people within those churches, and. um,
2: Well, it can often become more entertainment and keeping people busy in some sort of uh, structured design to achieve a specific purpose rather than um, nurture their souls well, you know, for the kingdom. And
1: certainly shepherding them yes. the way. In fact, uh, going back to Stanley again, just you know, see, you brought him up. It's your fault. <laughs> he he basically said shepherding isn't a good analogy for our culture anymore. And I mean, like shepherding is all through the Bible. It's not about our culture. It's about the biblical culture and understanding what happened there and explaining it into our culture And
2: you can help people understand the role of a shepherd, you know. Exactly. And what we have to remember, too, Doug, is we don't change with the culture any more than Paul did not change. His message was the same to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians, to the Laodiceans, etc. It was the same message, and it produced the same results. And when we fluff it up and try to make it something that's entertaining rather than truth we do the whole process of discipling a great disservice
1: well and and you and i both uh have uh, been very ministered to by dr john macarthur
2: Mm. yes
1: if you listen to some of his messages from back in the 70s there is relevant today Mm -hmm. yeah 45 years later as they were then
2: absolutely
1: because he taught the word of god he didn't make it about a specific illustration in our culture that nobody today would know 40 years from now you know he he taught the word of god that's what we're called to do that's why you can read Spurgeon's books today and they're still as relevant today (laughs) as they were back then
2: well let me just for, for for the listeners Spurgeon has his ser- his sermons are on youtube hmm. and you can plug them in and listen to them really absolutely wow i didn't know
1: that yeah that's does, my, my is,
2: wife is an addict oh really she well, has one a day
1: charles spurgeon he 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 was something else well listen um we we have only got a couple of minutes left um, i want to tell our listeners one more time we have been talking to dr chuck coker and dr coker uh has a he's a consultant to churches he's a consultant to businesses he is a pastor um, he is a he he's, he's a, a disciple maker he is he's just a guy that God has used to do a lot of different things and he offers a lot of this to you you can go to the website he does these assessments of of your spiritual gifts and and behaviors and And he can offer training to pastors or leaders in your business or church and you can contact him by going to lifethrive.com that's l-i-f-e-t-h-r-i-v-e.com and you can get the free assessments on there the books are on there you can order, and he explains all of what he does. He can certify people on there to be a Life, Thri- Life Thrive certified trainer, mm-hmm. uh, which if you have a denomination or if you have a, a leadership group or a business and you have franchises or whatever, he can certify you to help people. And uh, There's lots of resources on there, and I, I really appreciate you coming on Chuck, we've, we've known each other a long time and I've appreciated your heart for the Lord and your friendship. And, um, we, we've just got, um, uh, <laughs> somebody says, Dr. Coker Renaissance man. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I got one more question real quick. What about teacher shepherd issue? Teacher shepherd issue. Um, well, teachers and shepherds difference between a teacher and a shepherd. Check.
2: Well, a teacher is, is someone who is going to explain and make the word uh, known to an individual. They're going to take the cover off and help them understand. That's an individual gift. Uh, shepherding gift is one of bringing them in and meeting the needs of the individual, ministering to them in times of challenge, feeding them discipling them so teaching is is more the stand-up role and the challenge is is that we expect all of our pastors to do that for the church rather than us as the laity becoming the teachers and the shepherds who have much more opportunity to reach the loss oftentimes than the pastors
1: well that's awesome well thank you for the question thank you chuck for being here Again, that website is lifethrive.com, L-I-F-E-T-H-R-I-V-E.com. Hey, um, the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Sunday to Monday, Sunday night to Monday night. And uh, tomorrow, uh, Jonathan Kahn is leading a thing at 9 a.m. called The Return. Go to the return.org. You can see that live stream. Franklin Graham's in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. A lot happening tomorrow. Keep our country in prayer. And we will be back next week. Chuck, thanks so much for being with us.
2: My pleasure, Doug.
1: Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to SWAT Radio.
3: If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.